to Top Bins with Twins this week. Luke, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Paul. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Little, um, little somber today. Just wanted to. Um, we're gonna start a little different. Um, I just want everybody out there to know that we're both here for anybody that listens to our podcast. This community we're building and everything that. Anybody ever needs to talk about anything or reach out in any regard, not just about FPL, but anything in life that they're struggling with, that we're here for it, you know? Yeah, and to echo what Paul's saying, you know, no way are we experts. We're not trained professionals. So um, you should certainly, if you're, you know, if something is off in your life and you feel like you need to talk to someone, you know, reach out to someone who's a professional who can help you through that. But, you know, if you just want to, you know, talk to us about something or throw something in our direction, we're more than receptive to, receptive to that, so feel mm-hmm. free to reach out, um, contact us through whatever channel you know is easiest for you, and we're we're definitely here to try to help you through that difficult time. Yeah, yeah. Like like Luke said, we're of course not trained professionals or anything, but we're both um, both caring people that genuinely would like to help anybody if we ever can. So just just use us as a resource if you ever have to. Okay, we're out there for you. All right, well, let's um, kind of dive into the Premier League, Premier League this week, last week. And, Luke, it was a goal fest, basically, with only two clean sheets out there. And there were some really fun matches to watch, which we actually got to watch um, the Arsenal-United match with Santi and Annie. And it was a great time. It was a very entertaining match, to say the least. There were... <laughs> it felt like the match swung in different directions about five different yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Every time that happened, it felt like if the match was swinging in the favor of United, it always felt like it was going to be a smash and grab, in my mm-hmm. at least in my opinion, right? Because United were absorbing so much pressure, sitting so deep, and then chances would come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's kind of how they set up tactically. But that that late goal that almost counted, Garnacho, Garnacho being offsides, um, that that had some major. I don't know. It, it felt like it was aura building in some regards if that would have actually happened, right? Yeah, I mean, if what, his goal goes 19. in. Yeah, if that goal goes in, I feel like, you know, that's a huge statement moment for his career where he's starting out at. And he's already had a great, you know, start to his United career, but um, that's one of those that kind of lofts him above and puts him into that position of, okay, now I feel like I should be vying to starting every week, you know, getting, you know, almost full 90 minutes week in, week out. Yeah, and there's someone on the right wing there, United, who um, I think possibly is playing himself out of a spot. If I'm gonna be honest, I mean, yeah, he may be playing himself out, but he also, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there that we, we will we not won't. be talking about that on the podcast. We're not gonna dive into that, but um, um, yeah. So, how about we dive into some other? Were there any other thoughts you had about Arsenal United, Paul? That you wanted that we I can mean, just, just dive right into it. That was a great match. I mean. Really, just as a Premier League fan, like we live for these big fixtures where there's two massive teams with huge followings that are just going at it in one of the biggest cathedrals in England for soccer, and it's it's those atmospheres, like the Emirates in that situation, like like the absolute scenes on the rice goal, and then also Hayes. Which, can we take a second? Um, I think I just saw Dallas slide by me when we started the podcast. He was still going all the way from the Emirates. Man, he he was in a tough spot there. I mean, yeah, I don't blame you, him. I don't. You blame have him. to he go full to. out for that because if you don't, he just he just takes the shot on the left foot, right? Yeah. No, he has to. He was in a tough spot. So yeah, but, <laughs> but <laughs> still yeah. beautiful by Jesus. It was <laughs> it was gorgeous. That's um, 
that was absolutely clinical. And if Jesus, um, I'm not saying he's always going to be in that position with that great of a chance, but like if he can start converting chances like that for Arsenal, then this Arsenal team becomes a different beast than what they've been so far this year. Yeah, they do. And I, I think, you know, if anyone ever doubted that he was Brazilian in that moment, <laughs> yeah. well, clearly if you doubt he's Brazilian, you've never seen him play. Yeah. Um, or you've never seen any Brazilians ever play the great game of football. Yeah. Um, but he looked incredible in that moment. Yeah, uh, and we all know it's within him. Honestly, for Jesus, too, it was a thing where he he looked good the minute he came on the pinch. Like, there's just something, like, he just has an ability to get by one person so easily with little hip movements, with little whatever he uses to get by people. And you could see it from the minute he subbed on where it's just a different dynamic for Arsenal to attack a defense, especially with the defense that's packed in like United was towards the end of that game. With Jesus' career, I think it'll be very interesting a couple years from now to look back and say, was he the almost filler piece that would got that gets them from that stage of you know possibly competing for European spots? Is he that player who brings the experience that pushes them up to the next level, and then he gets replaced soon? I'm not sure because Have I feel like he Ferguson question mark I don't know right you never know how the transfer market's going to work out but I do wonder if a couple years from now we say hey he was that gel and that experience driven player that got them to an, another level that they'd been looking for and if really we're not all too worried about what he did on the pitch for them altogether so it'll be interesting to look back at his career arc a couple of years from now and yeah. see where that that lands. Yeah, I mean, he already has a pretty storied career for all he's achieved. At no, he does. Also. He really does. He for sure does. But I understand exactly what you're saying. We'll we'll see how it plays out. You know. Yeah, his Arsenal career will be very fun to follow. Mm-hmm. So look, I think we should maybe touch on one or two other games from this weekend. I think one of the big ones too was Liverpool Villa, mm-hmm. and just seeing um, Salah get a goal, Nunez two assists, like. Liverpool is looking like maybe they're figuring well, stuff out a little bit, and they have a new midfielder coming in too. Technically, Nunez got one F- two FPL assists. He got one assist in, I guess, like Premier League stats. Just because, well, you know, for FPL you get the assist for a shot that deflects in. Yeah. Um, but Nunez did look good, right? He had a lot of he had a fair amount of chances. He let's see what it was the his Darwin XG. Nunez experience. Um, his XG for this week was one point four, according to understat.com. So he was second overall in the Premier League in his XG, which with an XG of one point four, you want to see him find the back of the net. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, I think we kind of know at this point that he's not going to be a clinical finisher all the time. Like, I mean. The two goals he scored against Newcastle were very rare that he comes on, score has two chances and scores both of them, even though both of them were world-class finishes from somebody that we kind of expect because he has those moments where like stuff like that happens. But, I mean, he's just I, – I think that's just who he is. Like, there's he's off some days, he's on some days, you know? It feels like this is the destination we keep arriving to is Nunez is in these great positions, and for some reason it just doesn't it hasn't clicked yet for him. So the big thing about Newcastle was maybe this is finally what will make it click for him. Yeah. Because he looked good. He looked powerful. He looked like he was, you know, he was clinical in those two chances. Mm-hmm. And I now agree. that we didn't see that following a performance where he gets the start against a side that, you know, Liverpool looked a lot better than Villa in this match by far. 
Yeah, no, easily. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what to expect from him. Honestly, he's. I, I, I don't think we honestly like I, this. One, one of the main things this tells me is like, honestly, how difficult it is to be somebody of Holland's and Kane's level. Like both of these guys, that I mean, Kane of course has now moved on to the Bundesliga, but like to be an elite, elite number nine that seems to finish almost every chance they get at a top top level i think the margins are so thin and you have to be exceptional at what you do and it's just those little moments like i think that's what number nines are literally it's just like finding those little moments and converting them and that's an elite elite skill set that i wouldn't even just like i don't think this is either disparaging Nunes for that it's just it's just so hard to do you know it is and we see the same thing at the moment with ollie watkins at villa yeah. Right, he's a position. He's a player who's been in amazing positions this season, and he hasn't converted his chances. Right, I mean, if you look at it, so mm-hmm. over the first four game weeks, he doesn't have a goal. He has, I think, maybe three assists, but his xG is high enough to where if he was playing the way he was last season, he'd probably have three or four goals. Yeah, right. Agreed. So it's just players dip in form, they rise in form. And it's just so hard to predict who's going to hit that form at the right time. So, yeah. you know, from an FPL manager perspective, it, it's a difficult thing we try to do here, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's there's so many things up to variance, so many things that are out of our control that we just have to do the best we can. And really, I mean, just at the end of the day, say we did the best we could possibly yeah. and go on from there. Um, mm-hmm. Or there, I think maybe the... The last match to note, in my opinion, that could be hugely impactful for the rest of the Premier League season and the FPL season as well is Tottenham 5 and Burnley 2. Yeah. In this match, we saw Son playing up top as number 9, playing as a striker. He had an XG of, uh, let me see, 1.13 with three goals. None of them are pins. He simply looked incredible yeah, right he looked like man. sonny of old you know yeah. like we talked about a couple last week and the week before like we've, we've been we talking said, about this for if a he plays if he plays as a striker yeah he becomes one of the best assets in fpl in my opinion yeah nine well, right. he, he'll be 9.1 sometime he will, he, is he already 9. he already 1? rose yeah. um so at the same time that's a price point that's not easy to get into teams so if you're gonna do that you i think if you're gonna bring son in you have to say I'm going to bring him in and let him sit my team for at least five weeks, in my opinion, because otherwise you're going to be chasing fixtures. And I think he has the possibility of exploding in any match that he's in. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, it, I mean, Spurs just look like a great attacking team to own right now, you know? They do. And I think the argument would be James Madison is an excellent pathway into that with maybe a Tottenham defender. Then maybe you don't need Son if you already have Madison. Um, just with how cheap he is, but Spurs do have a good run of fixtures coming up, so that's something yeah, we to keep can, in mind as we well. Can, we can dive into that later on the pod. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, but all in all, I thought Spurs looked really great in that match. You know, um, Postacoglu has come in and really set up the team in a fun, entertaining way that really just makes you want to watch Spurs play. Yeah, yeah. No, they look like. I, I think there's going to be a lot of Spurs fans that have gotten their hopes up to, like, this insane level right now where it's kind of like 
the project obviously has a lot of legs, and it's go- I think it's going to be probably massively successful for them, but I think they may be a little ahead of themselves at this time right now. No, and I, 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 don't, I don't think so. say that. I don't say that as an Arsenal fan. I just say that as somebody that's like, I, I don't think all of this is sustainable over the whole year. If they have some key injuries, it'll definitely damage their chances for sure. Let, but let's just put this way. I, I do not think that they're going to finish top four. I'm going to put this out there. I think when Spurs go to Arsenal in game week six, I would not be shocked to see Arsenal come away with three points from that. And at least see that. Arsenal come away with three? No, Spurs. You said Arsenal. I meant to say Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that disproves your whole point right there, dude. No, no, no. I think the way I see this, right, Spurs are playing amazing at the moment. If they can keep this form going after the international break, Arsenal have been struggling. Yeah. You know, we do not see Arsenal I mean, performing at top performance in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, I, I think they've been figuring stuff out at the beginning of the year, but I, I, I still think Arsenal's easily a better team than Spurs. Easily. Maybe, but it almost seems like Tottenham have a better idea of who they are at this point. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens to the North London Derby. It's right around the corner. Yeah, it is. It is. Maybe we can make a nice little bet on that one. We'll see. Uh, how much do you want to bet? Like a $5 bet or, or uh. something like that. We'll, uh. we'll, we'll figure that out later. Um, okay, cool. Well, are there any other matches from game week four that you wanted to kind of highlight, Paul? Um, not really matches per se, but I think there's a lot of VAR stuff going on this week between Man City and the goal they scored and then Arsenal United, all this stuff. And honestly, I'm kind of tired of it. Like, like the whole VAR debate, I, I think the game is better with VAR and obviously we know it's going to mess up because some of the people running it sometimes mess up because they're human and stuff happens, you know, but I, I just hate the discourse where people are constantly complaining about VAR, you know, like it's part of the game. I think it makes it a better game. Like, like think about if there wasn't VAR, Garnacho's last minute goal would have stood and then we wouldn't have had the ending we had in the Arsenal game. But what if he was on side? No, he wasn't. Did you see both camera angles? He's off. He's off sides. Like he's he's not on. Eric Ten Hag is still lecturing people don't, that he was on. Don't get me don't get me started. <laughs> like uh, I will burn this podcast down. <laughs> Let's like, be honest. Ten Hag looked really bad in his post post match yeah. conferences. He looked a little unhinged. He sounded like he was kind of losing grips on. Like whenever, whenever you're pointing at officials for the reason why you're losing a match and not saying we could have done this better as a team, I could have set us better up than this way. I want to have a manager who's going to hold himself accountable mm-hmm. instead of other players on the team, instead of match officials. Those are just things you have to play through. Dude, he just took it right out of the Klopp playbook, you know. Those two <laughs> so might get along pretty it, well. Took it yeah. right out. They might. But I mean, the whole point is like I just I just hate that discourse. You know, really like. Yeah, and obviously the decisions broke for Arsenal right the right way. But I mean, there's also the pin in the first half for Havertz, or in the second half that should have been should have been a pin, easily. Yeah, it really should have been reversed. At so the I mean, pace I, at the pace he's going at, if you nudge him, especially in the box, what is he supposed to do? Yeah, no, I totally agree. He got. Uh, I think we both we we're both in the same in the same boat on this one. But because the whole point is. VAR is going to mess up. Sometimes it's going to be on your side as a fan. Sometimes it's not. But I think at the end of the day, it makes the game a better a better experience. It does. When the technology is readily available and you can implement it in a, you know, n- 
almost exactly beneficial manner, I don't see why you would not do it, right? Yeah. Because if it's there, you should use it, right? Absolutely. Some, there are some very evident calls that VAR have solved, provided a solution to, that improve matches holistically, you know? So there are times where the margins are so fine, the margins are so thin, it might be more beneficial to have some of these processes a little more automated, right? AI. Have AI ref, AI ref, help them out. Don't let ChatGPT do it. It'll be like 30% success rate. Come, <laughs> come on, dude. That, that's, that's yesterday. Actually, that's, that, was, that was last year. Sure. We have new AI out there that can do it easily. Probably so. But Let's sign up and, Ultron to do it. And just know, this podcast is not run by AI. What if we are AI? <laughs> In the simulation of life. <laughs> We've got to be the dumbest AI out there. Then. I don't know. I think there's dumber. I, I've met dumber. Maybe. Maybe. I don't, you've met AI? I don't, no, no, I don't no, 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 no. If, if we're AI and everybody else is AI, I've met dumber AI systems than myself and you. I'm not saying... Okay. All right. We'll move on. We're, we're, we're diving um, deep here. Let's... Um, I, I think we should probably move on from this segment. Yeah. Like. Let's take a little break here. Yeah. Get our thoughts in order. And we'll come back and talk about some FPL ideas for... Game week five going on, and quick little tip: do not use any transfers yet for the national break. Yes, do not easily avoid yes. that. Okay, right. we'll be right back. Yep. And we are actually back. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little hiccup right there. A little mishap to start out the second segment of the podcast. I'll take the, I'll take the fall. I'll take the fall. Most importantly, we're back. So let's dive right into how our teams performed, or in my case, underperformed Didn't this perform. week. Um, so I'll go first. I was on 57 points for the week. I was, just so everyone knows exactly, the 8400 Thirty thousand seven hundred and seventy seven hundred seventy ninth manager this week. So that's impressive, Luke. There's nine point seven million people that play the game. I was terrible. You were I really was close. So bad. Um, so where I messed up big time, I did not captain Holland this week. Bad idea, everybody. I broke the golden rule of Holland at the Etihad against a weak team. A defensive. Kyle also team. did too. He had a good enough week, though, where he was saved, luckily. It, it worked out for him, but um, both of you played it. I told both of you you're playing a dangerous game. Well, Don't listen to Paul. That's that's Don't listen to Paul, whatever. So I captained Foden. I thought it would be a good enough hedge to where I had a city asset at home. I thought for sure Foden would return, and he ultimately did. But, but not just, the way you need it. Just gets a total of five points. So I ended up with ten points for my captaincy instead of, you know, the possible forty. Yeah. That's a rough one to take, dude. It but hurt a lot. It hurt a lot, right? There's um, always next week. There's always the next week. And my overall rank only dipped down to eight about eight hundred K. So that that's perfectly fine. I can bounce back. You know, I think between eight hundred and three hundred, it's probably like fifteen points, something crazy. Like it's so tight right now. That's one captain's that, choice right there. So yeah, right, exactly. So I, I'm perfectly fine with where I'm at. You know, it's it's very early days at this point. Um, just to look at my team, I had Pickford, Engel, Yudogi, Chilwell, Stupanon, um, all of them blinking except for Yudogi. At least Pickford got out of the negative points after the own goal. That was that was nice. nice. Um, I had Madison. Saka, Foden, and Marsh with Saka getting an assist and Madison getting the goal. 
Um, and then I had Watkins, Holland, and Wissa, and all Watkins and Wissa both both blinked. Um, and then Wissa probably could have had a goal, um, just didn't didn't work out for him this weekend. Um, and then I had Jota and Gabriel and Turner along with Trusty on the bench. So that's my game week. Um, all in all, not not happy about it, but you know, excited for this little break here. Recharge the batteries, and I've already made three transfers, so that's great. I'm completely kidding. Is Luca News' wild card is the question? No, I'm. I actually really love my team, um. So I'm not gonna wild card. I'm not going to make any transfers till the Friday before the deadline, and honestly, I'm I'm excited. I have two free transfers, so we'll see where I go. Yeah, you got options, man. Yeah. So this week I was on 82 points. Um, Captain Holland, which paid off for me, and. Honestly, the 82 points was 1.8 million game week rank, which I did not expect. Honestly, I thought it would be a little higher than that. But basically, the one thing I want to highlight about my team this week is that I had returns from uh, a return from every single one of my midfielders. I started five midfielders, Madison and Bomo, Saka, Eze, and Bowen. All of them returned, which was honestly great. Like I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever started five midfielders and had a return from every single one of them. So that's, that's a really good setup. It just means you're picking the right players. Yeah. Um, and you should you should be really happy with that, honestly. Yeah, no, I was very happy with that. But um, I think going forward, I also, like Luke, have two transfers, and I'll be waiting until probably the Friday before we come back to use those because who knows what's going to happen over the international break. We just don't know. I guess we'll go ahead and preface that. Like we could say at the end, we could say it now, but – don't make transfers now as luke said in the last segment wrapping up like it's we don't know injuries we don't know there's a lot of moving pieces going on right now and it just if i guess unless you want to beat a price rise which i don't think either of us really care that much about point it is so detrimental to your team long term because say you for example all right let's say out of all people maybe Sokka. right he's a very popularly owned player Let's say some people saw he got, you know, gets his assist, right? And they want to rush to him. So they go rush, transfer him in. He gets hurt whenever they're playing friendly against, I don't know, Macedon, North Macedon. I don't know who they're playing in the international window. But as soon as he gets hurt, that transfer, you have to retroactively transfer him out just to get your team, like, in a decent spot. And then we're taking point hits, and we don't want to do that. Yeah, don't, you know. Patience is the key here. You got to wait a little bit. And, you know, that time that we have now is a great way for you to look at your team, look at the underlying numbers and figure out who's really underperforming. Yeah, I I think this is also a good time to to also analyze what people in your mini league are doing, because with all this time we have on our hands, because, I mean, we have a couple basically I think the games go back what like September 16th, something like that. Like it's like mid-September whenever they come back around. Like there's a lot of time. Maybe try to figure out what. People in your mini league are doing. Also, people in um, our mini league don't do that. Don't don't look at my team. Don't think about what I'm gonna do. Just ignore me. With Luke, you should hyperanalyze it. Make it's sure weird, everything Paul. you know. It's that he's like doing. they couldn't listen to a podcast where you talk about your FPL thoughts. That's so strange. Who knows though? Am I like leaving smoke screens out here in the pod? I don't know. Highly doubt it. <laughs> oh, Luke doubts my intelligence sometimes, but that's fine. So is that um, kind of your summary? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good on that. Done and dusted. Cool. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to, after doing our team, so you guys have an idea of how we performed this week, 
this past week. We're going to now kind of move on to some of the teams that we're most excited about for the next four to five game weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Paul, Paul let's hand it over to you and see what you came up with. Yeah, how about um, I'm going to say my four teams and you say your five and we'll see how many match up and then we could dive into them. All right, sounds good. Okay, so the four teams that I am really interested by are Villa, Manchester United, Newcastle, and Liverpool. Okay. Okay. Let's um, we can we can dive deeper in all this stuff, all that, but I want to hear your five. So these are in a specific order, from best fixtures to not as good of fixtures. So, you know, obviously all five of these will have good fixtures, but the first is the most important. So I think Newcastle have the best fixtures, in my opinion. I would agree with that. I think Spurs are second, actually. From a run of five fixtures, they go Sheffield at home, which looks incredibly juicy. They have Arsenal away, which I think there's going to be a lot of goals in that match. There's Liverpool at home, and Liverpool are, you know, they it seems like they're just made of holes at this point. Surprisingly, they kept a clean sheet against Villa. I don't know how that happened. Um, but And then Spurs have Luton away, which is an incredible fixture than Fulham at home. Yeah. While those are two difficult fixtures in Arsenal and Liverpool, I think those other three are incredible, and they will be great for them. So I... Um the attackers, yeah, I could see Son or Madison in that run. Like, Madison's obviously not leaving my team. He's probably one of my most nailed-on FPL assets. But as I, I don't see a defender in that, like, run. Like, Sheffield, yeah, obviously at home. Like, that's a, a good fixture for them. But Arsenal and Liverpool, both those matches, like, looking for a clean sheet, I would not want to look at that at all. But that's fair. But if you're looking at a Spurs defender and say Yudogi, who I currently have in the team, or Pedro Porro, you want other returns. These are players who are going to be returning from attacking returns. Um, yeah. So. But I also think there's better options out there those weeks than those two. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll see how how it shapes up. But I just I love the way Spurs are playing, and I think they are going to be a team who's almost a little fixture proof with goals and assists being part of their. Um, return yeah. to FPL. Um, so the third team I have, actually, that might surprise you is Nottingham Forest. I'm not surprised by that. You're very high on them. Um, I think they're very interesting. They have Burnley, Man City, Brentford, Crystal Palace, and Luton. All in that five-game stretch, I think there are goals for them. I think they could you know, end up having some difficult fixtures in there. Um, I think, for one, Crystal Palace is really underrated at the moment. They're a really good side. They look great this past weekend, and uh, I think they actually would be a great team to target for some clean sheets. Yeah. Um, so the fourth team is Liverpool, and then my fifth team is mm. Villa. Okay. So we do have some overlap. I just disagree with your United take, and we'll maybe kind of dive into that a little bit at the end. So let's save United for the end. That's fine. If that works for you. Yeah. Um, do you want to kind of give some of your thoughts on the teams you picked and why you thought they were good, good runs of fixtures? Yep. Um, so let's see. Um, let's just start with Villa because I think that's a team we're both very interested by this year. Um, so if we look at Villa, they're going to play Crystal Palace at home, Chelsea away, Brighton at home, Wolves away, West Ham at home, Luton at home, and then Nottingham Forest away. For me, I think holding cash as an asset, he's not going anywhere in my team just because, like, until he gets loses a starting spot or until their system changes, if he's going forward, he's going to be in my team. Like, that's, that's he's, he's just nailed on to be there. And I, I think that 
Indigne is a big question mark right now because if Marino comes back, that starting spot is going to be very much in question. And there could be some rotation there, which we don't like as FPL managers. And uh, for an attacker, though, I mean, I, I think we all know it's Diaby or Watkins, either or. And obviously, Luke's been burned a little bit by Owen Watkins, so was I earlier in the year. But I think the goals will come for him. Uh, I think it's, it's something that will happen. It just depends on whenever he kind of gets that clinical edge back. And Diaby, I mean, he already has two goals, one assist. He's settling in very fast into this team, and he looks like he's already, like, an instrumental part of their attack, which is honestly what, like, where me and Luke really, like, differentiate is, like, I always just try to find players that I think are, like, the figurehead of an attack. And I think Diaby, is, Diaby and Watkins are the two to go for that. And with that run of fixtures playing these teams, I think Crystal Palace is going to give up goals, even though their stats are pretty good. But on the road against Villa, I could see them conceding. Chelsea, for sure. Brighton, probably concede. Wolves, maybe. I just think there's going to be goals in these games for the, for for Villa. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the thing about Villa at this moment is I'm not, I'm still not sure who their best attacking option is, because if Watkins finds form, he is he's going to be the best one, right? Best player to have in our teams. He is a little bit pricey, mm-hmm. but we know what we're getting from him if he's putting the ball in the back of that problem is he's not doing that right now yeah so do do you make a lateral move to someone in the same team that you think is slightly better or do you stick with the player who has enormous upside and you don't have to make another transfer on him so it's it's difficult at the moment and i'm not quite sure what the right answer is i do think that we have a little bit of time to figure it out because I don't think their fixtures are incredible until game week eight, where it goes Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest, and Fulham. I think around game week eight, everyone's going to have at least one, maybe two Villa attacking options. Yeah. And Cash is going to be extremely popular. But I do think Moreno is going to become a very popular asset very quickly, too. Yeah. And that for all the Digna owners out there, I would just be very aware of that. I, yeah. I think his ownership is really, I don't even, it's probably sub 5%. Yeah. I guess maybe. I don't, I'm not really just sure. Just in case. Just in case he's the yeah. team that's listening. Um, so Villa is definitely someone to keep an eye on. But we might have a couple more weeks before we feel like we have to move on them and really get. If in, but if you already have them in your team, I would definitely not be transferring out any Villa assets. Mm-mm. Nope. New, new, new. All right. Um, do you want me to go over my next, or do you want to? Okay. So next we'll go up north to Newcastle. And their run of fixtures, it looks like they're playing Brentford at home, Sheffield away, Burnley at home, West Ham away, Crystal Palace home, Wolves away, and Arsenal home. So, Luke, for that run... That looks like they are going to feast on goals, right? This Newcastle team that, it does feel like that, that, that loves yeah. to score lately, but also loves to lose lately, too. <laughs> so yeah, It's very strange with Newcastle at the moment, right? They've had a difficult run of fixtures, so I think that's kind yeah. of that's what it comes down to. But it felt like this was going to be their, their – it's just a rough start. Right? I mean, so the thing with them, too, is there's a lot of new pieces kind of trying to integrate. It's a new squad, basically, with some old pieces, and they're – trying to take a step up from a year maybe where they were a little higher than they should have been. So it's it's kind of about finding that middle ground, I think, in our expectations. But I, I think through those front of fixtures, we're going to see a ton of goals. And I actually think that 
if you want to play a differential with Newcastle, that Wilson is a great way to go. Ding, ding, ding. You hit the same point I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, so underlying numbers, right? That's kind of what I always tend to the look at. The only thing is price point, though. That's bothersome. Yeah. What you're paying but for think, But think about if you have Watkins in your team, you can easily that's go to not a bad move to make, no. right? Um, but underlying numbers, right? So for these numbers are from understat.com. Isak has an XG of 1.67. He has three two goals, two goals I believe up at the up to this yeah, point. I think so. Wilson has an X. Okay, Isak's XG is 1.65 with 300 minutes. Wilson's XG is 1.65, so 0 0.02 less XG than Isak with 76 minutes. Yeah, if you look at it's something crazy. like crazy per 90 stats, I think. Wilson's supposed to average like something like 1.5 goals per match if yeah, he's it's playing in, it's a full insane. 90. It's crazy. Which, I mean, it, it's obvious that, like, I mean, if he's actually playing a full 90, it's probably not going to be that high. But he just has an ability to score. Like, when he's on the pitch, it just happens. So right. Eventually, I think Eddie Howe's going to try something new. I would love to see him try a double striker front, right? Yeah, if you, have, you finished, have you finished the Newcastle doc yet? I'm on, like, episode two. Three. Okay, so they, they highlight one of the games last, I guess, yeah, it was last year, whenever they, um, who, fuck, who was that against? Um, whenever, so part of the thing is, I think it's episode three or four, where they kind of dive into Isak and Wilson, the competition, blah, blah, all these things. But then they have a match where um, they play Wilson and Isak together, I think, in the second half. And they, I don't remember which match that was, shit. Um, but it's really cool now that you say it. I mean, like, I think they're two players that could play very well together. It's just about what do they want to sacrifice in the team to take out. Right, exactly. And I think he, Eddie Howe's built around the idea of, you know, defense. At least that's how he approached it in the beginning. Is yeah. he wanted Newcastle to be very solid at the back and now not quite as much. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what changes they make. And I think Wilson could be a big part of those changes. Mm -hmm. And if as FBL managers, if we can get on that early on, that's a huge advantage for us to have over the rest of the field. So someone to keep an eye on there with um, Wilson. And also, I mean, Anthony Gordon has looked pretty good, right? I kind of do His it. XGI is 1.68. Um, so he's leading the team with XGI at the moment. But old Karen Trippier... Most chances Dude. created in the team. Dude, it's just he, his price point. It's his price point, but like I think after that Brentford fixture in match week four, like that run of games they have, besides probably West Ham and I guess West Ham, like the the next two games, Sheffield and Burnley, like it just seems like Trippier seems like a great option to kind of swing to. And there's a couple you have the a money. couple defenders that are very popular right now that I could see a lot of people soon moving off of. Um, Joel maybe. I don't know. You know, that's something that some people might think about. I don't I don't know about for me, but um yeah, so interesting stuff there for sure from um Newcastle. Do you have any other thoughts on Newcastle, Paul, you wanted to share? Um no, actually part of it, what I was gonna talk about was Trippier or Shar too. Because Shar has an ability to he really is a big body that can score on corners. Besides that, I mean I just think that the two attackers, Isak and Wilson, are probably the ones I would go for. But, I mean, you could also see a sneaky shout of if Harvey Barnes gets hot, maybe maybe he's – and honestly, I think Almiron has, like, had a weird start of the year, but he's had a lot of stuff that's, like, almost come off for him, which 
we understand last year he way outperformed his XG and everything. But and he may he may be subbed out soon. He could be, but like I think the chances have been there for him early on and they just have barely not come off. Like I mean, he's had a, a lot of stuff off the post, a lot of there's been a, like look at the save that Allison made on him like on that corner. Like he hit that ball extremely well. It, it's just little things. I mean, it's just little moments. I mean, I th- we easily could be talking about Almiron as a great asset, you know. We could. We could, and that's the crazy thing about what we're trying to do here is there's so many little things that determine you know, the eventual success of these players in these mm-hmm. really tight margin matches. Um, and one example of that, Harvey Barnes, he leaves Newcastle in their XA with 1.11. And he's played probably, what, like 60 minutes, something yeah. like that. Um, so definitely someone, if he comes in the starting lineup, I think he'll be flying into people's teams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. First um, price point too, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think that's kind of a good summary on Newcastle there. Do we want to, I can... You let's do the next team on your list. Okay, so the next one I have is Liverpool. Okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. for Liverpool, their next run of fixtures is going to be Wolves away, West Ham at home, Tottenham away, Brighton away, Everton at home, Nottingham Forest at home, and then Luton Town away. So, preface this: Do not invest in Liverpool defender. <laughs> Just. I I've I mean you can if you really want to, but I would not recommend it with this run of fixtures. Let's be honest though, if you have them, he, they're probably going to be suspended for a little bit, or they're going to come down with an injury because they have terrible luck. Yeah, it's the the vibes are kind of off from an FPL perspective for Liverpool defenders right now. Even though Trent did have a pretty good weekend last weekend, and then he got hurt. So right. yeah. with the run of fixtures with everything going on, I would not invest in a Liverpool defender. But I think their attack is something that. If you can find a way to get into it, like I know Luke is a big Jata fan. He really, Jata um, fan, whatever. Luke Luke's had him in his team. But I I think the asset really to consider is, I mean, Sala, of course, is like the king of FPL. He's been for the last five years, however long. His price point is something. Like it's really hard to fi- get to him when you have Hall and another premium. But Darwin Nunes, he is maybe figuring it out. Like we kind of talked about earlier on the pod. He, um, Comes and goes in spurts, but I mean, he got two goals, um, match week two, last week two assists, FPL assist. He seems like maybe he's starting to turn a corner, and if he, if he, I think if he gets the starting minutes, if he is the figurehead of their attack, and through that run of fixtures, like the teams we just discussed, I could see him getting returns in almost all those games, you know? It's possibility. Yeah, the big thing with him is... If you don't have any Liverpool assets, I think he's a great avenue to try to get a bits and pieces of their attack. I don't think he's nailed, frankly, just because Klopp seems to like rotation. They're going to be in Europe, right? Um, not not the Champions League, but they're going to yeah, be in not Europe. Champions League. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on as we go forward as well. But we really need to know if Salah's going to stay too at this point. That's what we have. It's, we should know by the end of the international break, right? Because I think the Saudi window closes pretty soon. And the Saudi window closes. Um, Is it this Friday? Thursday. 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 So um, that would be what's September 7th, I believe, is when it's going to close. Mm-hmm. Just for your point of reference, if it's, you know, listening to this later. So um, we should know by then if he does stay, I think we'll see his ownership numbers increasing. Yeah, just because he's returned in what like ten fixtures in a row, something crazy like that. 
that he's pushing to break his own record that he set a while ago for most returns in a Premier League run. So someone to keep an eye on is Slaw himself. And then I think Nunez is a good option too. But if you're getting him, I think you're looking for a average of points over four fixtures or so. Don't count on him returning every week and do not count on him converting the chances he gets. But it's also high risk, high return, you know? As we saw against Newcastle, yeah, a exactly. brace in what thirteen minutes. Mm-hmm. There's so. the possibility there, which is very tempting. So, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think Trent is someone who could also come on people's radar soon, just because his price point is really high. He has dropped in price to seven point nine. He's only twelve percent, twelve point seven percent owned, and he had a really good week last week. Yeah. You know. He gets the clean sheet bonus along with um, an assist. So, what's not to like there, right? I he, don't know. He just has to be healthy. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, and I think he will be. I think this is something that's kind of precautionary, from what I understand. Hopefully so. Yeah. Hopefully so. But um, um, all right, Luke. Let's um, go ahead and go to so wh- whatever team you want to go to, because I will save my last one for the very last, I guess. Um. Uh, let's just do Nottingham Forest because I think that's something that most managers wouldn't consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me kind of try to convince you why I think they're a good asset. Matty T. I don't need to be convinced. Matty T. He is actually probably in a lot of managers' teams at this point. Um, yeah, that price point, man. Think about that Areola and Matty T partnership. That's a really, I mean, rotating those two keepers is really nice, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so Nottingham Forest, their next fixtures are Burnley at home, Man City away. Brentford at home, Crystal Palace away, and Luton at home, which is the juiciest fixture of all. That's the one that I think we'd all be wanting to target there. Um, But some players to look at from Forrest, right? Um, We have Awoni leading the Forrest XG race with 1.8. But he didn't score last match, Luke. That's crazy. He did assist, though. He assisted. He did. That's crazy. So the streak of he scored seven Premier League games in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's impressive. It's someone that we should have thought about more coming into the season. And after Mm -hmm. he picked up, you know, say two goals in back-to-back weeks, probably would have been smart just to hop on that bandwagon right because you kind of you want to ride the hot foot there consistent returns you know yeah. um and then for xa we have gibbs white with 0.8 um he has looked good but not as great as he does in certain stretches um but i mean he gives white is at 5.9 owner 5.9 co- million pounds with an ownership of 1.9 percent so someone to look at he's very creative but really the standout person here is going to be either Awoni, Nottingham Forest striker, or Matt Turner at $4 million. Um, we do have some questions mm-hmm. with them bringing in a new keeper. So as of now, it seems like it is Matt Turner's spot to lose. I would agree. But that could change in the future. Who knows, right? I mean, He's Matt Turner has had good performances so far for Forrest. Like, he has. I, I yeah. think, he, honestly, the I think his... The cl- like the fans have accepted him. I think the team seems to like playing playing with him, and we'll just have to see. Hopefully, as a biased USMNT fan, if he can <laughs> lock that position down, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll, I'm sorry. We'll and sorry, see the competition. You know, one other random thought here that I just had. Um, I think Alanga is someone that's very interesting to me. Right, he had a goal against Chelsea. He, you know, the winning goal, only goal of the match, and he looked really good. Right, very energetic, um, mm-hmm. good with the ball under his feet. 
So someone keep an eye on there. And Serge Aurier is always someone that's interesting. If you think um, Force are going to keep clean sheets, he does like to get forward as well. So you could have some goal contributions there as well. Um, interesting asset to look at. But, you know, as of now, I think Burnley at home in game week five is a really great fixture to target. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at Force assets and maybe get them in for that one week and then move them on until game week nine yeah. when they have Luton at home. that mm-hmm. Or just maybe wait till game week nine. But that is a very, very exciting fixture for FPL managers. Yeah, I mean, like like we've kind of talked about, like targeting Luton this year seems like a great option. Sheffield and too. Forced is a huge, yeah, Sheffield too, but Forced is a huge differential to target them. Yeah, it seems like the three prime teams in my mind to target are, at least at this point in time, Sheffield, Luton, and Fulham, right? All three I of these teams have I think Fulham a lot. will figure it out, though. They should, and having Polina back in the team is going to help a lot. Yeah, that's going to solidify but a lot of stuff. I mean, in four fixtures, they've conceded an XG of 11.29. That's low, right? <laughs> this isn't golf. Uh, <laughs> what? No. That's no. bad. That's bad. It's it's yeah. it's not good. But they're almost um, uh, they're almost averaging allowing three goals a game. Yeah, that needs to be squared away. That is that is leading you right to relegation station. Let me tell you, Tim Reen will take care of it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Um we'll be I I I'm not gonna bet, but I really think like Fulham will stand. They'll stay up this year. They've got to figure it out quick. Um, so I I don't know, but okay. Well, yeah, that's gonna really kind of sum up my argument for Force there. I think. Yeah. Awoni is a great asset. The managers should be targeting more. I think personally. Yeah, I agree with you. So, um, what do you think? What team next? Like, do you want to target? Do you have a? Um, do you have any notes on Spurs? On Spurs? No, I don't. But, like, I mean, I think the the discourse about Spurs is interesting to me because I just don't see this run. Like, I would, I don't think I'd invest in a defender at this point because I, I know your arguments about Poro and what's the other defender? I can't remember his name. You don't You don't yeah. That, um, they can get your returns, but like I, I think we should also target defenders too that are going to go forward, but also get us clean sheet results too. And I just don't think the Spurs team is going to get many clean sheets. At, clean sheets at the moment, like they just seem like they're going to give up goals, whether it's kind of like an Arsenal vein where it's just bullshit goals that happen or lap, lapses in judgment. But like all their attackers, like I, I don't think you could go wrong with. I mean, with Son or Madison, you really can't. I mean. No, he, you, you maybe can't. even Kuliseski too. Like, if you want a really big differential in the, the attack, I mean, possibly could be rotated. Like, there's people coming in. Brennan Johnson's coming into the team. He also could be a really good differential eventually. We'll have to sit and wait on him to see um, how he does and how he settles into the team. But he's somebody that could be very dynamic in that attack with the people they have already established. Yeah, his pace getting in behind is going to be yeah. just. Imagine James Madison playing him through. Yeah. I, that's going to be a lot of fun. Be fun. Um, yeah. So for Spurs, I think Madison and Son are the standout picks. I think Saar is getting a little more popular just because of his price point. He's so cheap, and he does he, he plays pretty progressively as well out of the midfield. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think you cannot go wrong with Madison, Son, Udogi, even Poro. He's a little of a bit of a rotation risk. I wouldn't necessarily advise that one, but if you feel inclined to do that, go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Spurs are going to be – I think a lot of us are going to have at least two Spurs, maybe three, um, in the next couple game weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, game week eight, whenever they go away to Luton and then Fulham, Crystal Palace, and Chelsea, like – that looks super enticing right there. That seems like a time whenever, honestly, in that time, I would totally go for like a Spurs defender. And just kind of keep that keep that ball rolling because I mean, right now I just think the Arsenal Liverpool. That just I just don't like that. But Luton and that run of fixtures. I mean, a defender, maybe one or two attackers. Like that's gonna be hard to pass up, you know, without run. They go on. It will be. Yeah, I I agree. I think a lot of our teams are primed for that as well. Because I think a lot of people already have Madison. The question is, do you go to a defender? Do you go to Son? Son's one of those players. Once he catches form, he can stay red hot for a while. Unlike, well, last season he didn't. So he last year. He hat trick yeah. against Leicester, and that That's, was it. But I was about to say that. Last year he had the hat trick, and then I kind of just like. Historically, though, he, he can go on blazing hot tears. Yeah, um, this is a guy that led the Premier League in goals two years ago so yeah yeah so we certainly are not surprised that he's doing this at this point so maybe it's time for us to just hop on the bandwagon and see where song can take us I don't know I'm not sure about that one yet though um yeah so honestly that's gonna sum up my teams to target um all of them are very exciting I I still don't know what transfers I want to make yes yeah, a lot of time for us to decide on that but um it's kind of getting to you know these these decisions are very important, right? Mm-hmm. Coming back from an international window, set set us set ourselves up for the next four or five weeks, um, and get right to it. Honestly, yeah. So I have one more little shout out about people to look out for in FPL Luke. As this is entirely against everything I believe, but just inherently as a human. But um, I think Marcus Rashford could be about to go on a run that he kind of had last year. Like with the the form he's had earlier in the early in the season has kind of been due to him playing a striker. United figuring their stuff out, and I think if he goes away international duty, he had this goal against Arsenal. He's gonna go away international duty, probably, probably get a goal or two, maybe a couple of results he does like to score for England. So if he comes back in good form, if with Hoyland going up top, there I know there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of stuff happening at United right now. We're not gonna dive deep on that, but. I think Rashford could possibly be about to go on a run like he did last year. And he's if he does that, then he's an FPL asset that we just can't not own, which I just transferred him out last week. So we'll have to s- wait on that and see what happens. But I think it's possible. I mean, they the teams they play seem like teams that are going to concede goals, you know. I'm glad you brought up United through Rashford because I, I think we're staying on different sides of this argument. I think that Bruno is a far better FPL asset than Rashford. He's a little bit cheaper, and his underlying numbers have been you know off the chart so far this season. So with Hoyland being in the team, you would I think, think Hoyland that changes things. Yeah, it, we saw his athleticism and his strength is going to be really important to what they can do as a team. But I still think Bruno's a better pick personally and i also think that united's upcoming fixtures are 
surprisingly going to be very difficult for them. So I, I think they're going to be difficult, and they may lose the matches. But I think that like if you look at it, so it's Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Brentford, Sheffield, Manchester City, and Fulham. I think there's going to be goals for Rashford, prob- possibly Bruno. Like, I think the goals are going to be out there, and FPL managers, that's what we want when we get midfielders, you know? That's true, but I think... For one, Brighton are probably going to be better defensively after just having the time to figure things out just because they're such a good side, right? I do think that Crystal Palace at home is going to be a difficult fixture along with Brentford at home. Those are two teams that are very solid at the back, and I think Brentford's press, for one, can give United a lot of issues with building out yeah. from the back like they like to. Yeah. That'll push um, push Manchester United a lot. So maybe Hoyland being in the team will be really important there. Hopefully they can you know, play long to him, work around that press from those teams. So making them a little more press resistant, you know, making the FPL assets better. But I also still want to come back to the point of I'm very skeptical of how United are going to do over the next four to five game weeks. No, I am too, but I, I just think that Rashford was an asset that burned both of us last year and that we didn't invest in him when he went on that run. And I think FPL managed to just be keep just keep a close eye on that, you know? It seems like at this point in time, it's so hard to pick those players who are going on extended runs because – who are we to pick someone who's going to have a great one game week? It's it's so difficult to do that. You know, if if there are managers out there who are making the right picks, props to them. But Dude, you know, shout out shout out the man that brought in who was it? He brought in um, Sterling and Son. He brought in Sterling and then Son. Like yeah, that that was definitely very good. And anybody that earned um, Ferguson too. Sorry to interrupt you. But no, like, you're you're good. You're good. Um, I just I don't know if being especially double united at this point i think it's not the best idea but going back to kind of the idea that i originally had i'm wondering if sterling or son is going to be the rashford of last season where they continue to go on and you know a, a hot run where they're getting goals multiple goals and multiple games sterling had opportunities against yeah. forest and he didn't quite convert Right, his teammates didn't convert their chances Nicholas, either. Frankly, Nicholas Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of rage transfers are going to happen with him. that. Matt Turner clean sheet was a blessing, but also someone of a curse. I I am still pissed off that he got a yellow card for that, which I understand why and all that stuff. But like, that's literally four points because he was on three bonus right there. Yeah, I think he would have had points. an eight pointer. Yeah, um, it's four more points he missed on, but whatever, whatever. Um, is there any anything else you want to talk about, Luke? Or um, I don't think so. Um, I mean, we we'll, we'll easily put out another pod before we before the Premier oh, League comes yeah, back. I so. think I have four teams that I think are good avoids for the future. Okay, listen and real just quick and say then we'll real fast. Wrap and get out. I think four great teams to avoid are Arsenal, Brighton, Dude. West Ham, and Wolves. Not anyone was ever targeting Wolves for FPL. Are you sure? <laughs> um, Mel, are you out there? <laughs> if he's gotten this deep into the podcast, respect to them. Um, but Arsenal, Brighton, and West Ham, all are teams with some popular FPL assets. And I think it might be time to maybe move on for the time being from them. Um, just because of their difficult fixtures, a team like Brighton is going to score a ton of goals. And I think Arsenal will too. But with their run of fixtures, maybe there are some better assets out there for us to look at. Well, maybe we can talk about that on the next pod. Yeah.
Mm, that's a great idea. We'll, like that. Um, we'll do that. But um, I think that's all I have. Yep, that's all I have here too. Um, I just want to convey to you guys that we really appreciate you listening, mm-hmm. joining us for this podcast, um, and kind of going on this ride with us. It's, you know, we're we're going strong. We're loving putting the content out for, there for you guys, and it's it's just been a lot of fun. So thank thank you for joining us. Yeah, really, everybody, thank you for listening and spending your time with us. But also, there's so many people I talk to that are like, "Hey, I shared your podcast with somebody else. I shared it with all this that like." That, that means the world to us, and realistically, like, we do this just because we really enjoy talking about it, and it's a fun thing for us to do in our time. So anybody that listens out there, thank you. We appreciate you, and leave five stars and <laughs> retweet everything we put out. And have I'm a good rest of your day. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everybody. See ya.